Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to episode 82 of the OTs Get Paid podcast. Today, we are talking about outsourcing success, navigating, hiring, and managing virtual assistants. I see you. You are doing all of the things. If you're in the start phase, you are likely hustling, 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 and you are doing the thing that makes you the money in your business, and you're still working on your business. If you're in the feast and famine, which is the growth phase, or the money to spare CEO, which is the scale phase, you are busy navigating team building, building your revenue goals, streamlining your systems, and working towards automation and marketing and sales, to name just a few things. And you need clarity. The solution is hiring. This is one of my most recent favorite topics because most of us think that hiring is a revenue expense. Now, this is outside of a therapist or somebody else in your business that might be billing if you have a service-based business that's making you money. Any other position in your company, often we see as a revenue expense, something that comes out of our operations budget and is a money drain as opposed to a money maker. Uh, I've become such a nerd on this topic that there's an upcoming podcast where we discuss this. And FYI, the solution is in key performance indicators or how these people hit targets that actually contribute to the bottom line of your business. And it's kind of creative and I've done a whole deep dive on it. So stay tuned. This one's coming up soon. Today, we're going to talk about how you can hire people in your business to give you a hand. And we are calling these people virtual assistants. We could also be calling them contractors. And at a later episode, we're going to be talking about contractors versus employees. So I'm going to use the term virtual assistant and contractors interchangeably here today. 
What are the three main reasons for you to use a virtual assistant or a contractor? The first is to eliminate tasks that you don't like doing. The second is to eliminate tasks that you don't know how to do. And the third is to eliminate tasks that you feel you shouldn't be doing. These are tasks that are stopping you from focusing on your business. And we're going to give some examples of different kinds of contractors and different kinds of virtual assistants in a little bit. There are two types of virtual assistants or contractors. The first is project-based, when a project needs to be completed. And the second is role-based, finding someone to fill a role that is either part-time or full-time. And in this instance, the virtual assistant becomes a part of your team. Now, how do you hire a VA? There's a few options. One of them is to look at staffing companies. I have used all of the options I'm about to suggest, by the way. So I have an insight into those pros and into the cons. Staffing agencies allow you to really rent a VA. It was recommended to me many years ago not to take this route, and I also concur. The staffing agency takes a big portion of the VA's pay, and there's no real loyalty from the VA to your business because the outsourcing is simply through an agency. Another option is the freelancer marketplace website. An example is Fiverr or Upwork. Those are two of my favorites. Here you pay a little more, you get very, very specific, and you can find people from all over the world with a wide, wide range of experience. I've had good luck using both of these freelancer websites. The third is through referral. Find somebody that you know that has access to good contractors or VAs. And the fourth is by putting information out there on a more traditional job website like Indeed.com. The key here is job description. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the steps to take. But first, we're going to dive into different roles that VAs can take in your business. People are constantly saying to me, Trish, I get it. I know I should hire somebody, but it's going to take way too long and it's not worth it and it's shorter for me to do it anyways. And I don't even know what a VA would do in my business. Let's dig into that. So the first is kind of a general or admin VA. Some of the things this contractor could do in your business is data entry, managing your... Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley? As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. Calendar scheduling, managing your email marketing, building Canva images, making a logo, etc. Anything that feels 
as though it is repetitive and done on the regular that you could train somebody once and they could do over and over. Or things like email marketing, where there are many, many email marketing experts in the world and they can help you do it better and faster. The second kind of VA typical roles are tech. And these are people that can run the back end of your business. They're often specialized in things like websites and sales pages and an online scheduler where your payments are processed, making sure that your various online programs are talking to each other. So if somebody books an assessment online, does it bump to their email list? Where do they get their forms after that? By the way, Kajabi does most of this in one program. And you don't have to become a Kajabi expert. You can hire somebody who's already a Kajabi expert for not much money. You can also hire somebody that's an expert in SEO. CEO. (laughs) That's a pretty funny mistake for this podcast. We're going to keep that one in. (laughs) Another type of contractor is a copywriter, which I have used multiple times. They can write blog posts. They can write show notes or descriptions of podcasts, upload articles to your blog, and do website copy. One of my favorite types of VAs or contractors to hire is people involved in operations. This is where people set and manage the milestones and projects and tasks of your business from an operations or a process way in your business. They need to have a high level of efficiency, and they are really doing day-to-day task management, including building standard operating procedures, building out your project management platforms, ensuring any and all operational processes are properly documented, and organizing, making sure they're accessible and secure, and implementing these things. Let's do a deeper dive and sum up some steps that it's going to take as I hope the juices are now kind of spinning in your brain. And let's look at some of the steps that are required to get these people on board. We've given you where to find them. Now let's dive into what to do next. The first and the most important piece of all of this, I feel, is a job description. We have a few in our paid programs and there are multiple ones defined online. Please don't recreate the wheel here. Please go and look for a job description for a tech virtual assistant or a copywriter or an operations assistant or, you know, whatever that a social media assistant that you want, um, a design assistant, somebody that you can get specific about the task that you want them to do and write a solid job description. Then you're going to upload this into one of your online platforms or you're going to disseminate it to the people that you know and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Then you're going to interview in stages. And I have perfected this system over the last couple of months as we have been looking for our first employee, actually, in an operations management role. And we went through contractor after contractor after contractor. I wanted to find a contractor who was willing to turn into an employee. More on that in another podcast. So we have cycled for about a year through looking for the right person. And we finally found the right person. And my systems got tighter and tighter and tighter as I've gone through this journey. 
In terms of stages, I've had great luck with a few approaches before we even hit the interview stage. The first is asking for a key question in the cover letter. As you are asking people to submit their resume and to submit a cover letter, you can say, along with the cover letter, I want you to answer this key question in written form. Then, if they pass that screening, you can go back and forth again before the interview on many of these platforms. I often ask a second key question over video or audio, and that is one that requires a bit more detail so that I can hear what they present like in a verbal way, not just in a written way. And additionally, I get a chance to see them before hiring them. And I have to say, I have done so many interviews before, so many interviews, both in my current business and in the OT clinic, when you just meet somebody and you know right away it's not going to be a fit. As my 19-year-old daughter would say, it's not a vibe. Now, I am not in HR (laughs) and I am not going to get into the details of what makes a vibe or not. There sometimes is an X factor in the way that they communicate, in the way that they hold themselves, their posture, their eye contact, their confidence on camera, their ability to handle themselves in a verbal situation that really has been a game changer for me, knowing that, nope, there's just something that's not a fit there, so we're not going to proceed with a standard interview question. The next step after a key question, a written question in the cover letter, and a second question over audio and video, then becomes a standard interview. And I have a standard interview template that I create for each position, and at the end, even score it in a Excel spreadsheet. I have gotten that detailed to find the right person. Let me give you an example of some of the questions I've used in the past because I know that's your next thought. Some of the questions I've asked in any of these sequences of cover letter, audio, video, and then interview questions have been, what would be the things you'd want to accomplish in this job in the first 30, 60, or 90 days? Have you ever worked with a business of this size? Tell me the pros and the cons. What are the top skills that you require for this job? And give an example of how you've used them in the past. Why should I hire you instead of someone else who is equally qualified? Tell me about a time you had a conflict with your supervisor at work and how did you manage it? And what parameters would you use to evaluate yourself in this job? Again, these helped me greatly. I also want to recommend there are many personality, leadership, productivity tests in the world that you can also submit. And in fact, I came down to having two people that I liked equally and it was giving them a personality test like the Enneagram or the DISC or the predictable success quiz or leadership quizzes that allowed, or the Myers-Briggs, that allowed me to actually look really clearly and see the skill I needed. For example, I used the predictable success quiz. And one of the candidates scored incredibly high on visionary. And I don't need a visionary (laughs) in an operations manager role. I'm a visionary. And the second candidate who I liked equally scored much higher on operations. And I think it was process. And that allowed me to make a final choice between those two candidates. Understand that a contractor or a virtual assistant will come with their own contract. You don't have to make that up. And they will also come with their own 
hourly rate. Remember, we said that there were two types of VAs or contractors. One was project-based and one was role-based. Many, many times I have hired people and did not put an hourly rate to it, but rather put a project rate to it or a max rate to it because of the supervision that's required, efficiency that's required at an hourly rate often is not the best. From there, you will want to onboard your contractor and also supervise your contractor. I want to remind you that check-ins have to be done on a project-based with an agenda, but we have to be delicate and careful because when we are hiring contractors over employees, we can't really tell them exactly when and where to be. That's part of what separates a contractor and employee. Still, you want to have consistent check-ins with them. This is another recommendation for those of you who do not have an online project management system like a Trello or an Asana or a Monday.com or something of that nature to start getting one because many of you are still in your beloved pen and paper and I'm not going to pry that away from you. But this is where it becomes important for you to have a tool that you can watch what your VA is doing and managing a project. In terms of onboarding, I will say the first time is definitely the hardest time. Again, in our paid programs, we have more agendas for how to do that. I will say cut yourself a little bit of slack. Realize that by creating it once, what your first day is going to look like, what your first week is going to look like, what the first month is going to look like, you can rinse and repeat that as long as you're capturing that information. And sometimes in the very beginning of when I was doing this at Spring OT, I simply just turned on the computer to video a lot of what I was doing in Loom so that I could capture it in that way. Don't make it too complicated and don't prevent yourself from hiring just because you're overwhelmed by these details. You'll become more efficient and you do need to start somewhere. I also want to remind you that contractors and VAs are incredibly skilled and you can often ask for their assistance as well. You can be transparent and say, I'm learning how to onboard for this position. What do you suggest as an onboarding process? What kinds of checks and balances do you recommend? What are project management tools that you have that you recommend? I love asking people these questions because it reminds me that I'm in constant growth mindset and I don't have to stop to figure things out often. I can lean into their area of expertise as well. So there we have it, a brief dive into beginning to outsource. That is a question many of you have asked and a different types of virtual assistants we can, we can hire, how to hire, and some steps to take. I want to end with a story and somebody in the current Road to 100K cohort went into the Facebook group to ask somebody if they could help them upload their lead magnet into their website. And I think this is a perfect question that represents where so many of us are at and so many of us feel stuck. This is a big task that you as the CEO do not need to learn. What this person did learn is that lead magnets don't live on the back end of websites like in WordPress or Wix or whatever. And they can be done 
through an email marketing tool. And there are people that can do this much more quickly than you could ever learn. So while you're paying them, would you rather pay somebody $50 or $40? This is a quick project for them. You could even give them three lead magnets and they can upload it into your email marketing. They can show you how people can access it. They can give you a Loom tour of how they've done it all and how it works. And if you want to upload your next one by yourself, they take away that incredible hockey stick that requires of new learning that when you go right up and help you out. I would pay $40 or $50 or $100 for that in a second because it is going to take you way longer and you're going to spend way more of your time and your time is more valuable than $100. If you could find two more clients or three more clients with that time that you're saving, please do that. I want you to think of an example of how our constant resourcefulness as occupational therapists, and especially those of us who are not yet making 100000 or 200000 we tend to throw ourselves at the problem. And you do not have to. Until next time. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time. <laughs>